In the name of God, our Creator, Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning. I want to thank you all for inviting me to be with you this morning. I bring with me greetings from Elagar in Honduras, along with our deep gratitude for your many, many years of support, more than 16. Trinity currently sponsors one of our students named Yoel Antonio. He's a bright young man who, before coming to Elagar, was headed down a bad path. Thanks to you, at Elagar, Yoel now has better options for his life and many more possibilities. This morning, I'd like to reflect on our gospel reading, but seeing it through the lens of the ministry of Elagar. First, I'd like to take a few moments to briefly describe what Elagar is and why it exists. Honduras is one of the poorest countries in the world. Almost half of its population lives on $2 a day or less. Extreme poverty looks like this. People live in shacks made from scrap wood and plastic with dirt floors, no running water, no electricity, no food, and very little education. Instead of being in school, children are begging in the streets. A few years ago, we visited such a home, uh, and there was a little girl who was living there along with her other siblings, and we asked this girl whether she had had anything to eat that day, and she shook her head and said no. And a moment later, her face lit up and she said, but yesterday, I had a cup of coffee. Many, many people in Honduras live in conditions such as this. Elagar is a response to this level of poverty, offering children and young people an opportunity to break that cycle of poverty that they were born into. 250 Children and young people live at Elagar. Our children live in a safe place. They receive love, healthy food, and education, attention, medical care, and they're with us from first grade through high school. In that time, they learn that they are worthwhile human beings and that they are beloved children of God. Elagar sits in the middle of a very busy, chaotic city, the capital city of the country, where many of the neighborhoods are ruled by gangs. At Elagar, the elementary campus, there's a, a wall with a gate that surrounds the campus, and it's almost as though the children live inside in an oasis of safety. And I've often thought that above the gate of Elagar, there should be a sign that says, the kingdom of God, because... God lives at Elagar. Elagar is a place where the gospel is lived out in its everyday life. At Elagar, God's love flows like healing water, and it's restorative and transformational. 
I think this is what makes Elgar feel very special to people who visit there. I hope someday some of you will come and see for yourselves. But even if you never go there, Elgar welcomes a relationship with each and every one of you. When we look at the gospel reading today, we find an interesting encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a despised extortionist, cheating his fellow Jews out of money. Jesus saw Zacchaeus up in his tree there where he was hoping to have a sighting of Jesus when he walked by. And Jesus called up to him and said the most astonishing thing. He said, Zacchaeus, come down out of that tree. I want to spend today with you. Staying at your house. So let's look closely at Zacchaeus's response to that kind of a crazy statement. First, Zacchaeus climbs down immediately out of his tree. He listens and he acts. Secondly, Zacchaeus was happy to welcome Jesus. He responds with joy at the prospect of Jesus coming to his home. Then we hear the crowd murmuring and passing judgment on the whole business. They are seemingly judging Jesus for reaching out to this despised person, and of course they've already judged Zacchaeus for being that despised person. But he perhaps surprises them all by offering to give half of his wealth to the poor and to repay four times the amount of money he may have essentially stolen from his neighbors. And Jesus responds to this gesture of repentance, of making amends, by telling Zacchaeus that he is good with God. He recognizes and accepts Zacchaeus' turn toward restoring justice to his neighbors. So, in essence, what has happened here between Jesus and Zacchaeus? Number one, Zacchaeus sought Jesus out. He sought out an encounter with him, even if it was just a sighting. Secondly, Jesus met Zacchaeus where he was, up in his tree. He saw him and offered an even deeper encounter. Zacchaeus embraced this opportunity and met it with joy. He was moved by this encounter and had a dramatic opening to grace and generosity. And then finally, Jesus took him into himself. The encounter was transformative. This is not just a curious story about a chance encounter. This simple story is actually profound because it shows us that God longs to be in relationship with us. And if we show the slightest bit of interest, God will respond and we will know joy and God will abide in us. We will be transformed by our encounters with God. We can have such encounters with the living God any day of our lives. We can do this because God lives in us, lives in me, and lives in you and in every living being. I once heard a missionary speak at a global mission conference, and she said, If you want to encounter God, look into the eyes of the other. She was especially encouraging us to look into the eyes of the other who is different from us, 
who lives on the margin, who is oppressed, who suffers, who is disadvantaged. We encounter God in those eyes in particular because those are the people who have quite a lot to teach us. I am taught many things by the children of Elagar. If I look past their cute, affectionate, and ready smiles, and these kids are quite cute, I see strength and resilience born from devastating hardship. I see readiness to embrace joy. I see compassion. I see delight taken in a simple act of kindness. I see strength of character. These are often rejected and abandoned children who are eager to believe that they are beloved children of God. These are children who have been transformed by their encounter with the love and kindness they receive at Elagar. You might wonder on any given day how this kind of transformation happens at Elagar. So I want to share with you a story that I think illustrates that. Every morning at Elagar at the elementary campus, all of the children and all of the staff gather around outside in front of the classroom buildings at the beginning of the day, and they have a devotional. And there'll be a reading from scripture, there'll be a reflection offered by a teacher and sometimes by a student. And a teacher will talk about some value that is held dear at Elagar. These are values like kindness and responsibility and honesty. One day when I was there, the theme was forgiveness, asking for it and granting it. The teacher was explaining why forgiveness was important and asked the students there whether any one of them maybe wanted to ask for forgiveness for a hurt that they may have done to one of their friends or classmates. So one or two children came forward quietly and shyly and described some mean thing that they did to one of their classmates and asked for forgiveness. And they received forgiveness. Then I saw one of the teachers, Hazer, the math teacher, step into the middle of the circle and explain that yesterday he showed disrespect toward one of his students, Mario, by speaking impatiently to him in the classroom. He looked Mario in the eye and he said he was sorry that he did that, that it was wrong to treat him that way and he was asking him to forgive him. Mario looked a little bit surprised, as I was a little bit surprised, that a teacher was humbling himself and admitting a wrongdoing like that in front of all the students and his peers as well. But that is what Elogar does. It shows respect to children who have received so little of it in their lives. Elogar not just tells but demonstrates to these children that they are loved by God and that they deserve not to be cast away and forgotten about. I imagine that both Hazer, the teacher, and Mario, the student, felt the presence of God in that encounter that day. I imagine that they were both changed by it. Just like I imagine that the little boy, Carlos, who is a brand new shy student at Elgar, who hung back, didn't play with the other kids, he didn't feel good enough about himself, I bet he felt the presence of God when a service team volunteer noticed him and gently 
went up to him and sought him out. And I imagine that this service team volunteer also felt the presence of God when Carlos slowly smiled at her and took her hand and went with her to sit under a tree and play a game of cards. These are simple encounters. But when done with open hearts, free from judgment and full of love, God will abide. There's an ancient Jewish saying that says, whoever saves a life, it is considered as if he saved an entire world. The Gospels are full of examples of Jesus helping the outcast, healing the sick, lifting up the poor and oppressed. Jesus is constantly showing us what needs to be done, and he tells us to go and do likewise. To have a relationship with a place like El Agar and many other places is to participate in saving the world. That's a big statement, but I don't think it's too big of a statement. Whether a child is with us for many years or just for a short time, every child is uplifted. Every child experiences kindness, the love of strangers, and they are shown that they are beloved children of God. They are transformed physically and spiritually. And we, who help provide the opportunity for these children to receive such things at El Agar, such as this church community, we too are transformed. Such a relationship does change the world, as we are part of Christ's work to bring justice and peace to this world. Let us pray. Loving God, who creates, redeems, and sustains the world, lead us in the way of peace and reconciliation. May we have the courage to encounter you in the eyes of each other, near and far. And may we be transformed through your grace to live more fully into who you would have us be. May we truly be instruments of your peace in this world. Amen.